The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods, Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever. If you're interested in your own podcast, we produce them here in our Westwood, Massachusetts studios or anywhere around the globe by use of that remote thing called the internet. We can do that and set it up. And if you want to be the next big podcast star, it's a great way to reach your audience. If you're a professional or just any way to reach people, invite people to be guests on your show, they'll be amazed at the product we put out. Pod617.com is where you go to get started. Boston Podcast Network and Pod We Trust. Okay, enough of plug because I actually have a full house in the studio today. This is this is a, this might be a record for the number of people we fit into our humble, humble little uh, podcast bunker here in Westwood. We have a team from Keller Williams Elite. Do I have that right, guys? Yes. Okay, cool. You can hear all the voices. This is so cool. We've got, in no particular order, Serge Desir, Kirsten, I blew your name, Kirsten. I knew I was going to do it, too. Kirsten Gallant, Sue Ryback, and Christina Vernon. They're all here in the studio, so I'm going to welcome them. Crowd is on their feet. So, Kirsten, you were sort of the ringleader of this idea to bring everyone here to my show. It's, it's long overdue, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. But tell us, tell us what you had in mind. Just kind of talk about the what's new in the cutting edge world of residential real estate. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on in in real estate right now, as we've heard about, and and it's. I think a lot of people are interested in what's what's happening with houses and uh, sales, and it's, I just thought it would be fun to get sure. together and talk about. What's the headline, Kirsten? In a nutshell. Or is is the I've heard the inventory is very low these days, and so it's a I guess a good time to sell, but it's a tough time to be a buyer. Yeah, I, it, there's been a little bit of a correction in the market because mm-hmm. it had been a seller's market for so long, especially during the pandemic. So uh, we're definitely seeing a, a shift. Serge, is she right, or would you like to re- completely rebut everything Kirsten just said? <laughs> no, no, no. She is right. She is right. There is a correction taking place right, now, especially on the buyer side where interest rates are increasing. So they're being a little bit more cautious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of tough to have that realistic conversation with sellers. I think, in terms of, hey, listen, this market's not what it was six months ago, or eight months ago, or yeah. twelve months ago. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. Sue, what has your experience been recent months? I think people are listening to the nightly news and they're hearing what they have to say. But the nightly news is worldwide. It's not what's happening in in New England or in Sharon or Concord or Foxborough. And I think every town has its ups in prices and its downs in prices. And I think you need to have a strong realtor who understands the market to help you because pricing a house at this point in time as a seller is is. It's tricky, and you don't want to overprice a house at this point in time. It's almost better to underprice a house and, and get higher offers to come in than, than to overprice a house and get nothing. I should point out that 
Sue is a, clearly a wizard with an amazing memory because she remembered she was a listing agent on a house that me and my wife at the time sold years ago on on uh, Foundry Road in Sharon. And I've been that, doing this for 20-some odd years. <laughs> yeah, but how do you remember everybody? That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, you did a terrific job that time around, and I'm crushed because the house, that house just sold for an astronomical fee. And it's because of the uh, a, a lot of the work that my wife at the time and I put into the thing. And I, I don't get any of that money. So uh, I'm depressed. The podcast is over. Thanks for coming, guys. Drive safe. <laughs> Christina, let's get to you. But what's sort of the headline in your world? What has your experience been with the market last year or so, call it? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing a shift on my end, especially when it comes to buyers. We were at a point earlier this year where I'd pull up to a house. It looked like it was the 4th of July parade on Cape Cod, and it'd take us an hour to just get into the house when we're competing against 30 to 50 offers potentially on each property. And at this point, we're still in a seller's market. There's still demand. It's just less competition where I'm seeing three to five offers on a property. And the list to sale price ratio is a lot lower than before. And we're starting to see those numbers decrease mm. as we head into the end of Q. Can you pull the microphone a little closer to you? Everyone wants to hear your, your beautiful voice. Kirsten, tell me, let, let's back up a minute. Tell me why you like doing this. Oh, different reasons. I mean, there are... Everything kind of comes together for me in different reasons. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, like, uh, I like being involved with people in, in what's very often a very life-changing decision for them. People, most people don't buy and sell houses every day. So uh, there's a lot of trust involved with, with helping them. And it could be they're at some sort of crossroads in their lives. And I also, my father was an architect. So I grew up hearing everything about houses and being interested in houses and that kind of stuff. So it, it just is, is the kind of profession that, that brings a lot of different interests together for me. If I was an architect, I would design a house that had like all kinds of slides and stuff and like ball pits and trap doors and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, doesn't seem to happen in real life too often, does it? Not too often, but you could. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, want, I want to build Willy Wonka's castle, basically. Serge, tell me... Tell me the same question, I guess. Tell me why, why you like doing it. Honestly, I like being a resource, right? So connecting a lot of the dots for people. What can I do to help enhance a situation for you or, or a problem? What, what can I do for that, for that? And helping people obviously find a home, that's the biggest thing, right? Or selling a home. What could this do for you financially? So uh, it's just being a resource for them in, in, in that process. So I take it you... They will ask you questions like, well, can I do this under the law? And obviously, I assume you're not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, but you know some, I take it. Yeah, okay. plenty. Yeah, so people and, I mean, what percentage of people you deal with are, um, you can tell that there's a lot of stress and anxiety because this is this is not just a house. This is like if they screw this up, then they could be broke tomorrow, right? Do you yep. feel that sometimes? Tell me about that. I do feel that sometimes. Yeah. It's they're relying so heavily on you to make sure that this gets to the closing table and you're holding hands from before the house is even on the market. You're holding hands before they even write their first offer. So it's a long process too. You know, it's not like it's something that's a two week process. Some people you work with for two years. So it's, it's a case by case. I always say that about real estate. Everything's a case by case. Mm -hmm. What areas do you, do you cover? I'll ask this of all of you, but are you guys all kind of same area or no? Yes. 
Well, yeah, yes and no. Well, right, sir, start with you. I guess. Well, so my my branding's bordering Boston living, so okay. I pretty much do anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> for the cool. most part, I'm originally from Boston. I live in Taunton now, so I know both markets fairly well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Sue, tell us about a moment that made you proud to be a realtor, if you can think of one. I can think. Of I bet you can. I can think of many, but okay. I believe that my most heartfelt situation was with a client a number of years ago who had gone through a mass housing program. It was his first house. He took the classes. He did everything he needed to do to get qualified. We found the perfect property. He was so excited. And two days before the closing, I got a call from his uh, lender saying that the bank had now determined that the town he was buying in was in what was called declining value. Mm. And he needed to come up with an additional large sum of money in oh order to, to get the house. And I just, after swallowing the shock, I said, that's not going to work. Mm. I'll speak to the bank president and let's see where this goes. So I actually did that. I called the president of the bank. I got his admin, and I uh, said, this is what's happened. This man has put his heart and soul into purchasing this home, and now two days you're going to now tell him that he cannot have that home unless he comes up with this additional money. I said, that's totally not acceptable. I said, do you know what it's like to be poor Mm. and to try to make the American dream come true and have it just slashed right out from under you? I said, that's not acceptable. And she said, I will take care of it. And the declining value was erased, and he closed on time. Come on. And he's actually bought two other houses since then and is a very, very hard worker mm-hmm. and, is, and is just thrilled that he was able to get into a home and start his life. But it was a tough, it was a tough one. When there. that bank admin or, pre- or whoever you got there heard that Sue Ryback was on the call, they said, wait a minute, drop everything. Listen up, it's Sue on the line. That that, but that's that must have given you a terrific feeling to be able to because he wouldn't have been able to do that without you. He wouldn't. Yeah. I don't stop. Yeah. I don't stop fighting for my clients. <laughs> Once I have a client, they're a client for life, and I don't care what price point they're at. Mm-hmm. When, when they're my clients, I they become my family, and I take care of them. I love it. I love it, Christina. Same question. Can you think of a, a moment that kind of made you proud to do what you do? Yeah, I think just in general. I love what I do because I have the opportunity to help my clients accomplish their biggest goals in life. And when we finally get to a stage in the transaction process where we're going into the home and doing the final walkthrough and I get to experience that excitement and that happiness and see the children running into their bedrooms and tears of joy just because they finally got to that point. Because sometimes this can be a long journey and there can be speed bumps in the road to get there. But, you know, our job is to really hold their hand throughout that process and get there. And just seeing that is so humbling. And that's just my favorite part about what I do. Mm. Very Kirsten. So as we record this, we're just uh, two days removed from Halloween. Will you sell a haunted house? Or do you have to disclose when the house is haunted? Not in Massachusetts. <laughs> I mean, I think... A, a I'm, I'm half joking because I'm yeah. just being fun. But but I suppose that's it's possible. You, you, you deal with some weird things, right? You can, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think a haunted house like, it can be... Charming. That's, that's kind of subjective. Of course. But I, th- I think I had heard of, if it's known, if there's been a lot of, I think, news about it. I mean, mm. we're not responsible for determining what crimes have been committed, where, that, that sort of thing. But I have heard of somebody 
disclosing to be on the safe side that a murder had happened in, in a so that's not house. i thought that was a that was a law that you don't have a duty to necessarily tell if there's been a, a murder in the home no this, not, is, this got really dark really quickly sorry but, <laughs> but, 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 it, but it is interesting yeah. because I, I mean i i guess i would want to know but the law doesn't necessarily require it is that is that true not in massachusetts oh, not in massachusetts okay okay well do, do you ever share anything about the history of the house i'm sure you did that that might be a plus rather than a minus so. Ab- absolutely yeah. and yeah. and i have i have had a client walk away because there was a cemetery next door mm. you know <laughs> and you said no and that's the- good luck that's don't that's we're going to take a quick break here as we hear from our sponsor another podcast that you'll be interested in particularly if you're a fan of 80s music it's past tens a top 10 time machine you can find them online at timemachinepod.com Past Tens, a Top Ten Time Machine. Past Tens, a Top Ten Time Machine, the podcast where we go back in time. We'll go back that week in history. And we look at the top ten songs from the Billboard charts. We analyze. This is 80s with gobs of oozy cheese. And sometimes we criticize. What the f*** were we thinking? With your hosts, Milton Dave. Find us at timemachinepod.com or search for Past Tens anywhere you find your podcasts. It's actually great. You're a Sharon person, Kirsten, and I know we see that there are certain homes that still have those those little white rectangles on them with the year that the house was. Do we still have those? Are those still around? With oh, the, sure. Yeah. 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 Circa, yeah. Circa yeah. 1875. Right. Yeah. 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 So is that ever cool, selling a house that goes back that far? That can be very cool. I yeah. think so. I love old houses. It can be a little bit tricky if the historical commission is involved, if somebody mm. wants to change the size of windows, perhaps, depending on on the situation and, and what they want to do. So can, some houses by law are protected with the historical status, and so you, you can't, yes. you can't, uh, you, you mess can't even pick what color paint you want. Oh, you really? have to go in front of a historic society. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that intense. The exterior. Yeah, the exterior. The, just the exterior. The yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear that argument of, like, someone wants to come in and paint it purple and gold, right? And... <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, well, can we settle on gray and gold? So, Serge, well, any any unusual houses you've sold where you've had to pump up various features of it, or or maybe tell us about the kind of houses you like to sell. Let's let's go with that. Oh, kind of. I love new construction. Okay, I love new construction. Showing that process from the moment it's just dirt, foundation, framing, plastered, sheetrock, everything. Like I like to show that process. So that's probably more my wheelhouse i want to see. but in terms of the most unusual home ooh, i don't know i can't necessarily say it was unusual however i did show the process of a mobile home mm. that was completely run down and we ended up knocking that down building a house and it was funny because the house that ended up being completed it looked like a garage but it, it was weird it's very strange yeah like a garage with you know like an apartment above it but as you walk through the house you're like okay this is a really nice house it's just yeah. well it looks different from the exterior yeah yeah but have I, i'm sorry finish no, no i was just yeah. gonna say it's just like showing that process of what was here before before and after that's more my speed yeah it's cool i mean i admit i click on any link that comes up on social media would say, this is the way this house used to look. You won't believe the way it looks now. And then you click and you see the whole process. But it seems like there are a lot of creative things 
being done these days? Probably, I'm guessing not in in your world. There are these mini, a lot of these mini houses being being built that use space in in really creative ways. But Sue, tell us. I want to talk a little bit about challenges, right? So, do you often have the challenge of selling a home that you wish was a little more here and a little more fixed up here and there? Do, do, do you ever? find yourself having to do an extra strong sales job in cases like that? Every house has its history yep. and that the challenges that come up in every transaction are always different. You've never been through, you're always learning in this, in this industry. I recently had a house that was an older house, but it was built beautifully. I mean, lots of beautiful dental molding, but in the basement, there was, I guess you'd call it a boulder mm. that was half of the size of the basement. Oh, God, right. And exposed, like you could walk no, down, you see the rock. Like yeah. Exposed. Yeah. Like it was there. There <laughs> right. was no missing it. And right. I thought, oh my gosh, radon. Well, mm. it ended up there was no radon, oh, which is bizarre. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was kind of like, how, how do you have this huge boulder? But the house was. <laughs> basically built around the boulder in the 1900s by the original owner. They, that's exactly where they wanted it. And You could kind of spin that as a positive. That's kind of charming, you know. People people told me that they had been to another house that had it, and they had the people had painted it and put, like, a whole mural on that. <laughs> yeah, see, there you um, go. So there's, again, it's a house. It can be fixed. There right. can be changes made. But there's always there's always something intriguing about yeah. There's always a boulder. Yeah. <laughs> Every crazy. house has, it's has its own boulder. Yeah. Um, Christina, have you had a boulder in your life? <laughs> or tell us about uh, challenges or anything like, like that. Yeah, no boulders. Okay. In regards to challenges kind of playing into what we're talking about with specific houses, I would say there's always little things that that can be done to really build up the value of each and every home. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on the DeChambo Homes team. What we do specifically, we have a team, professionals, who will come in, evaluate the properties, and help each and every individual seller kind of build that value within their home. Mm, Very cool. Um, Kirsten, Tell me about mistakes that we all have. I, I used to be a lawyer, used to be a financial advisor, and tried to love every one of my clients as much as I possibly could. But then there are some that come in with sort of the wrong attitude, and you got to turn them around. What are some mistakes people make, either in the selling or the or the buying process? I think sometimes thinking that uh, talking more than listening. You have to be a good listener as well. And thinking that you have somebody quickly and what you have to pay attention to what their needs are. What do they want? What do they like? It may not be the same things as as you would think. Right. I mean, some people want to live close to a train station and other people, they hear the train come in and they're like, nope. Right. Yeah. (laughs) This is not the place. What what is your favorite kind of house to sell? Is it the, is it, because I, I imagine you deal with everything from the starter home for the young couple to the absolute, I guess, mansion. I guess you probably sold mansions, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. what, what, what's your, what's your favorite or do you even have one? I like the starter homes, but I think for me, I really like knowing that a house that's maybe it's, it's a contractor special or it, it's kind of done over yep. and maybe something that has been let go and just knowing that it's going to be fixed up again. So you and, have to paint the picture in the client's mind as to what it's going to look like, I think, to some extent, or do you? 
To some extent. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Sometimes if somebody comes into a place and they say, well, I have a buddy and for a case of beer, they'll help me do all this. Right. You have to sort of <laughs> gently bring them back down to right. earth that there's more involved. Right. You know, and yep. that's, I, I think uh, that's important. So. Yeah, after a day with the buddy hanging around with a case of beer, it looks exactly the same as it. Serge, let me ask you sort of what are some misconceptions, some some peop, some things that people think about buying and selling a house that, that probably aren't true? Buying, I think the down payment requirement might be one of the biggest misconceptions. You don't need 20% down to oh, okay. buy a house. You could buy as low as 3%. Really? Okay. There's a lot of different programs out there, too, that could offer assistance, too. On the selling side of things, misconceptions. Woo. Well, you gave your, a good- your neighbor's house isn't worth isn't the same price as your house is worth. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a big one. How how does that work? Is, is there no people sometimes obsess location, location, location? How much is the worth of a neighborhood compared to the actual just four walls of the home? I get, again, that's a case by case, right? right? Um, I mean, you're looking at so many different things to to compare square footage, yard space, the finishes of the property. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different things. The mechanics, like when's the last time this house was updated? Your house could be brand new and your neighbor's house could be 20 years old, but there still looks like you just don't know until you're actually walking through these homes or at least having the comparables. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Sue, let me ask you this question. What? Why should people hire uh, a realtor? Because some people do want to go it alone, right? They want to they list a listed by owner, blah, blah, blah. Give us the best or a couple of reasons as to why it's important to work with someone like you guys. I think that, that having a professional help you with your largest investment is the is the best way to go. Yeah. There is no there is no black and white in selling a house. Mm-hmm. There's no black and white in buying a house. And you need to have a person that has been through many, many situations and has the has the team, as I do around me, of solid professionals that can come and help you if there is a problem there's how many people know how to 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 take care of a a problem with a deed Mm. how do how many people know what's involved in putting in a brand new septic system Mm. what's the difference between a septic system and a cesspool what towns will accept a cesspool there's just so many things that happen in the sale of a house that you need to have somebody there for you. It's your biggest investment. Why would you ever, ever think that getting a few extra dollars is is the best way to go? Do you go to the best doctor or do you go online? No, I, I invite my buddy over with a yeah, case of beer, and, case he t- of beer and he takes sure. my appendix out. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's no problem. Well, you, you made, <laughs> I think you made your point compellingly because I don't know the answers to any of those questions. Now I'm worried that I don't know the difference between a cesspool and a septic tank. That The septic always scared me whenever I owned a home. I, I just couldn't – I worried it was going to explode one day, and there's poop everywhere. Anyway, Christine, let me ask you the same question. Where, where do you, where, why is it most important to work with someone like you? Yeah, I mean, I think that – it's important to have someone who is an expert on the real estate market, who knows the ins and outs of homes, who knows the process thoroughly to walk you through that. I agree with Sue completely. When you go to the doctor, you're you're not looking for a virtual visit. You're looking to get in, get in with a professional and get it done correctly. So it's so extraordinarily important, especially with the market that we're currently in with changing times and shifting mark that you stick with a professional and lean in heavily on their guidance very cool yes i agree that was the correct answer yes sue you have something to add please go ahead 
one thing I think that people selling their houses now have been in them for a number of years in, in the majority. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I think that the biggest surprise that happens is when they're getting ready to close and they find that that paperwork from their past purchase has not been put on record. And that happens time and time again. And you, again, you need to have an attorney that knows how to deal with these things so that it doesn't tie up the closing and research all this information. And again, on your own, you just, most people, I mean, David, you might be able to do it. You have a legal background. Most people yeah. don't, don't know how to, how to do that. We, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean that that's a, and but I do have a law degree and I did practice law for a little while and I'm smart enough to know hire the realtor hire the lawyer I mean the the taking out your own appendix it really is a good example because it's like well it's not a life and death situation well it kind of is it, it it's your life I mean you, buying your home is is going to shape your entire financial future really so you got something to add on that or no nope, oh. nope financial health does is important though yeah for sure all right well we. I take it you all, there are all different ways to get in touch with, with all of you. So why don't, does that make sense for me to give you an opportunity to talk? We'll go right around the bench. Serge, tell, tell people how they can get in touch with you and, and find out how to work with you. Oh, how to get in touch with me and work with me. Um, call Dave. Say, yeah. Dave, I need, I need to find Serge. But no, I, I heavily rely on social media for easy access. I'm big on Instagram. Um, Serge, yeah, so go ahead and give out your handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Serge Desir with an underscore. It's S-E-R-G-E. Mm-hmm. D-E-S-I-R with an underscore. And you'll be able to find me on there or at Bordering Boston Living. That is my um, my business page there. Is it BorderingBostonLiving.com? Or nope. Bordering Boston Living is the Instagram, is the Instagram page. handle. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Kirsten? Sure. So probably the easiest way, because I don't know anyone's going to remember my phone number, <laughs> but email me, Gallant, yep. G-A-L-L-A-N-T, at kw.com. I haven't mentioned the fact that I'm acquainted with your husband. Yes. Because this was about you today, Kirsten, <laughs> and not Professor David Gallant, well, but he is a dear friend and uh, the co-host of Get Back to the Beatles, which is a podcast on this on this network, Pod 617. Do I have his thing up here? Oh, yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, actually, if you want to give out your phone number, go ahead and do it. I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. Yep. 857-453-9172. 917 I'd be Thank a you. terrible telemarketer taking down this information so slowly. By the way, it, it's a podcast. So if if you want Kirsten's phone number, hit pause now and then that little button that says 15 seconds back and then you can get it see that's what why podcasting is so great you can't do that if you're listening to the radio <laughs> sue please well, you can find me on my facebook page i'm also on instagram it's my telephone number is 781-864-3256 and very simply you can google me or you can go on to zillow and uh i'm right there so very cool and it's susan ryback it's r-y-b-a-k correct Thank you, yes. Okay, so that's where you find her on, on the internet. And Christina, last but not least, how do people get in touch with you? Similarly, on Facebook as well as Instagram, my Instagram handle is Christina.Vernon underscore real estate, DeShambo Homes at Keller Williams Elite on Facebook. And my direct line is 774-251-8517. Very cool. Serge, we didn't let you give your phone number, so now you're allowed to do so. Oh, all right, all right. Let's start over, shall yeah. we? So I'm on if Instagram, like I said. Yeah, right, right. No, but my phone number is 508-345-3425. Yep. 
Five. Very cool. All right, we are before we go, we're going to play a round of good stuff where myself and all of our panelists will recommend something good that will hopefully brighten your day. Before we do that, let me take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast at the Boston Podcast Network, as I mistakenly turned my mic off. There are too many hot microphones in the studio. Pod 617 is where you go if you want to do your own podcast. We'll produce the whole thing for you from start to finish. Intro music, outro music, quality microphone will be shipped out to you. You can do the thing from the comfort of your own home or right here in our Westwood Mass Studios. Do you guys like the studio? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, I had your mics off. When you t- Do you guys like the studio? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves it. Good. Okay. Go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. All right. Stop applauding, everybody. Let's play a quick round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Sue wins the dance off, and no offense, guys, it wasn't even close. I, I, I was just getting ready. <laughs> All right, we'll go around the other way this time. Christina, tell our listeners something that they might be interested in to brighten their day. Sure, I would highly recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh. Um, I think building habits not only in your business but also in your personal life is incredibly important. And reading that book and really instilling these good habits in my life really made a difference. So I would highly Atomic habits. That. Very cool. Good one. Sue. Pickleball. <laughs> get out there. Get out there. Get some good exercise. Meet some new people. And just take the time for your health. Because if you in, in your mind is not in a good spot, then you're not going to be in a good spot. So get out of the house and go play pickleball. It's fun. I don't think anyone's brought up pickleball yet on this podcast. And it's about time. I played for the first time with my son. And uh, it's cool. I mean, my, my son is 20 and I'm older. and it, But it's the kind of sport where you can, it, it, I, as I age, I realize basketball is probably not going to be so much the thing anymore. Tennis is really hard on the knees. Pickleball, you still get a great workout, but, but it's manageable sort of, right? It's a great workout. It's a great workout and it's fun. Yeah, and the pickleball courts are going up everywhere. You see them everywhere. It's unbelievable. The ones in Sharon are out of control. They're gorgeous. Uh, Deborah Sampson, they they have them now, right? Yeah, yeah. So good, yeah. Yeah, they built an extra uh, sort of whole area for pickle. Uh, Kirsten. Uh, Sure. If you ever find yourself in Sharon, there's Mm -hmm. a great uh, place called Angel's Cafe. Really good coffee. Everything's good. Shakshuka, fresh food. Just want to give a shout-out to Angel's. Yeah, I was rooting for Angel's Cafe because in being a, a Sharon person, well, I don't live in Sharon anymore, but I still consider myself. We, at one point in the 90s, I guess, finally got a Starbucks in the center of town, and we yep. said, we're cool now, we have a Starbucks. And then the Starbucks went away, and I was like, when, do, when does a Starbucks close? That almost never happens. Something happened with the lease or something, so eventually Angel's Cafe went in there, yep. and more of a mom-and-pop shop, it, but they've thrived, and it's great. I like the falafel wrap there. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. it's delicious. Very good. Serge. I guess I'll focus a little bit more on the nightlife, right? So- sure. Somebody's got to. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, yeah. uh, there's a coffee shop. It's called Society Coffee Bar. They actually have a lounge in the evening, Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings from 6 to some of the best, the best espresso martinis you can get over there. Oh, nice. Um, ask for the El Jefe and say Serge sent you. Nice. You said exp- espresso martinis? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool because you can get a little buzz and stay awake at the same time. Yeah, it's like you a know. pre-dinner, post-dinner kind of vibe. It's, it's a beautiful spot. Right. 
Now, my good stuff will be about a TV show because I watch way too much TV. But I need to ask I need to ask you guys, do you have you seen the show on Netflix called The Watcher? Has anyone seen it? Yes. yes. Okay, so I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer for our listening audience. Hopefully there'll be some dialogue and not just music on these things. But it has a connection to the real estate world, which is why I want to ask you guys about it briefly afterwards. Here's a little bit of the trailer for The Here's Watcher. new neighbor at 657 Boulevard. Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Do you know the history of the house? I've been put in charge of watching you. This message will not be the last. I am the watcher. Oh boy, is that creepy. Your house is my obsession. And now you are too. Am I? It might not frighten you yet, but it will. All right, so as the trailer says here, based on the shocking true story, and it's a tale of a couple who moves into what they think is their dream house, and it's a little bit of a a stretch for them financially. See, this is all coming together here over our discussion. And it, it turns out they start to get these creepy letters but then a whole bunch of other messed up stuff happens with the, the across-the-street neighbors are bizarro. And then, I don't want to ruin it, but <laughs> Kirsten, I'll start with you. What did you think of the, that series? I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was just spooky enough and a little bit goofy at the same time. But, but definitely the stalking aspect was scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else said they saw it? Christina? Yeah, what did you think? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, definitely a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it, it it sort of is bizarre to think that if you if you read a little deeper, it's based on a nationally an article published in a national magazine that I forget. But the true story is a little less dramatic. Apparently, the true story: the couple never actually moved into the home. They bought the home and then started getting these. But still, it stars some people you'll recognize. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is the main dad who. The, the family at various points loses their mind over, over the course of the show. They keep getting these letters. They don't know where they're coming from. So they're being stalked. And then, uh, again, they get visited by bizarre people who know the history of the, the – the, the, you hear from – in the trailer you heard, welcome to this property. There's this whole subplot about this professor who encourages students to write these – poems about houses one of which becomes this creepy thing about this house i don't know so but i do recommend it it's worth yeah. it right? yeah is that why foundry street recently sold yeah. <laughs> were you the watcher you were the watcher dave i knew it i just knew it busted you got me yeah good so yeah watch it don't take it too seriously but it's good the watcher it's on netflix anything we left out kids no not necessarily no okay <laughs> no okay i hope you guys had fun Oh, yeah. Yes? Thank you yes. for okay. inviting Thank us. You. Thank you. You get Christina, Sue, Kirsten, and Serge. You passed the audition. You did fantastic today. Thank you for dealing with my nonsense. And check the show notes to this episode. There'll be contact info for all the realtors you heard from this morning. Hire a realtor, buy a house, or sell a house. These guys know what they're doing. Listen to them. I mean, Sue, like, took down the head of a bank. You heard it. You heard the story here on the Boston Podcast. 
Thanks, guys, for being a good sport. Thank you, listener, for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your shows, and go to pod617.com if you like your own show. On behalf of all my realtor friends, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. See ya.